You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 96 of the Patriot Review. This episode is called Situation Awareness, and I've got a great guest for you today to talk to you about that. Before we get to that, though, on my show announcement, if you follow me on social media, and please, if you're on Facebook, please leave Facebook and go to I like Frank Social, Truth Social, Gitter. I, you know, I'm on all those. Uh, Facebook is just, you know, continuously uh, putting in the the BS, uh, phony fact checker stuff, and not liking some of the posts that you post on my Facebook account and those sorts of things. So it's time not to support them and ditch them. But so. On my social media accounts, I I put a blurb out there today about this show and about this show specifically introducing what could possibly be one of the most important documents in the United States, in the history of the United States. And first of all, I want you to know that I am a realist. My daughter always yells at me because I'm a realist and I say stuff like, well, you know, your dad is overweight and your dad is uh, just an average guy, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, um, evidently even taking a realistic viewpoint of yourself isn't, isn't really allowed anymore, but, but I am a realist, so I'm just an average guy, but I do think that this project that I'm working on and this document that that project is producing and the results of this document, this document that's going to be a petition could get for us is that critical that it could become the most one of the most important documents in the history of the United States and that is because we are like no other time in history facing an adversary um, I believe worse than any in history in recorded history uh, a true adversary that has the chance to actually take over the entire world and of course you know if you follow me the new world order plan the agenda 2030 the world economic forum in all that background information, you know that. And uh, so that's what I'm referring to, of course. But one, this document that I'm working on, you know, I put out this announcement and I'll just read this for you, you know, a little bit of it anyway. Over the past several years, we Americans have seen our election stolen, a genocidal plan using the purposely re- released virus, a so-called vaccine as a bioweapon, uh, population thinning, genocide, in other words, um, treatment protocols, and, of course, the mainstream media is not only uh, complicit in it, but they're promoting it. And we basically have, witned, have witnessed multiple actions of treason. And the most important statement out of this is the middle one. It is time to gather the fortitude of our founding fathers. And that is what this Declaration of Freedom and Accountability is all about. So, to date... I have a a draft of this declaration, and this draft is uh, being reviewed by 28 people that I sent this out to, and uh, they have the choice to review it or not, of course, but uh, uh, my hope is that they will, and I will then present this. Um, there will be a specific web link here for people to go to and sign it. So I have the listed grievances and accusations, and I also have down here at the bottom what uh, what I felt to be the remedies 
for these uh, wrongs that are occurring to us. And um, that is what's going to be coming. And I hope that you follow that and that you sign it and that you share it. And what's going to happen with it is that once, um, you know, we reach a good number of signatures, I am going to send this to every member of Congress, right? So they will have a copy of this. And, you know, it can go out from there to uh, state officials, whether it's, uh, you know, an AG, governors, whatever it is. But the main focus for me is going to be the new Congress. And so we'll have members of the the House and Senate, they'll be receiving it no matter what side of the aisle they're on. And that is because that all Americans should certainly support what the original declaration was about. And all Americans, regardless of their political party, should want those freedoms that we have been guaranteed by our creator. And um, so that is it. That is the most important document, if not in definitely in our lifetime, it could be. And yeah, I'm a Joe Schmo, I'm a Joe Average, I'm a nobody per se, but everybody, every one of us, every one of you can make a large impact, a huge impact. And the truth of the matter is that um, all of us make an impact that we aren't even aware of. And of course, they call that the butterfly effect or the ripple effect. So what I like to say is always remember the ripples. Always remember the ripples. If you are doing something and you're not getting the results that you want, or you've got to remember that you don't always know the true impact of what you're doing. So again, this document uh, will be coming, and I hope that you sign it. And it would be great to have you on board to get this thing driven through. Once it is sent to the uh, House and Senate, you can obviously follow up and say, hey, you know, I I want to I want to remind you of this. I know this was sent to you. This is critically important that you take a look at it. And as I stated, there are grievances in there, and they have to do with, of course, the election, the uh, what I call the American Reichstag fire. And I was the first one to say that, by the way. Uh, and you're hearing it now. But the Reichstag fire is January 6th, right? They're being used by uh, the House members and specifically the Democrats and the media. <clears throat> for a false narrative and there's there's a bunch of other things in there but you'll get a chance to read it i will post the uh, final version of it of course and uh, you'll be able to check that out you'll also be able to get it on my website which is redbloodedpatriots.com again that's redbloodedpatriots.com so take a look at that so also, I want to remind you before we get started that uh, MyPillow.com products, you can go use my code, which is TPR, the Patriot Review, TPR, very simple, three little letters, and you can get some great deals for Christmas. I have a lot of MyPillow products, and I can tell you that the quality of the products are second to none. I have, I'm actually wearing my uh, slippers right now because they are so comfortable and that is no lie the robes are thick and plush so if it's getting colder in your part of the country like it is here uh, that would be a good buy they have weighted blankets other blankets I have a, uh, a quilt for my bed I have all kinds of stuff towels and all of it is excellent so use code TPR and you can use that at both the MyPillow.com website and the MyStore website. So check those out. And um, also, if you are concerned about your investments and 
you see your 401k now being attacked and turned into something that you don't recognize and you've lost a lot of money on it. Uh, I also have an affiliate with Kirk Elliott, and you can go to Kirk Elliott. It's two L's and two T's. KirkElliottPhD.com. Get some great deals on uh, your gold and silver. And, uh, uh, you know, get uh, a safer investment, a more stable investment with physical gold and silver and get the financial advice that you need. I am not that person, but you can you can go to Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. dot com and then forward slash the Patriot Review. So Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. dot com forward slash the Patriot Review. That would be awesome. So the battle of good versus evil continues, and you know I put that that little uh, intro together because it kind of ca- categorizes it and gets me in the frame of mind of talking about what I need to talk about. So uh, in the recent news, you know everything has been about the midterm elections in Arizona, and Carrie Lake is still standing strong like the patriot that she is. Um, and that is going to just get more interesting. Now, we all know that there's plenty of evidence out there. And don't listen to the media. Don't listen to the, the fake news because it is fake news. It's propaganda. They're in bed with the, the New World Order, the globalists. And um, they have hired, they have hidden from us a genocide. Uh, and there's all kinds of efforts going on about that. And I'll talk about a documentary at the end of the show that I'm working on, actually two of them, that deal with at least partly the the, the whole COVID situation. But anyway, the election, uh, the election issues go on, and we're discovering more and more fraud. We're discovering systemic problems. It's all over, not only in America, it's all over the globe. And uh, there is one gentleman that I really like to follow, and uh, his name is David Sorensen. You've heard me talk about him. He's been a guest on the show he uh, oversees um, StopWorldControl.com, and he has put together a video that does an excellent job driving home the point of what's really happening in our country. And I want to show that video to you, and I will be right back after that. What you're about to see is of incredible importance for all of us, no matter where you live. I'm not an American citizen. I am from Europe. I migrated to America a couple of years ago. I understand now that what happens in America impacts the entire world. Let me repeat that because so many of us don't understand this. What happens in America has a life-changing influence on all of us worldwide. It doesn't matter where we live. So I want to encourage you, wherever you live, be it in Asia, Africa, Europe, or America, to watch this video and share it worldwide because what you're about to see has to be exposed to everyone all over the world. Hi, I'm David Sorensen from StopWorldControl.com. In this video, you will see the evidence how a major election that has a tremendous impact on the destiny of America and on the lives of hundreds of millions of people in America and directly on the lives of billions all around the world. I'll focus on Arizona. Carrie Lake 
is a Christian patriot, a mother who defends not only her children, but the children of the people of the state of Arizona and who stands up to protect the children of America. Why? Because her opponent, Katie Hobbs, is financing campaigns that want to teach toddlers, tiny little kids in kindergarten and preschool, how to masturbate and how to have sex. Her husband has been involved in a sexual surgery for a 10-year-old girl changing her gender. She is pushing this incredibly torturous, destructive agenda where they literally want to mind control, manipulate, intimidate little children to change their sexual gender, to change their identity without the consent of their parents. Once a child is manipulated into believing that although she's born as a girl, she's actually a boy or the other way around, it messes up their personality, their psychology, their emotions and their entire social life and they can never have a healthy family. So it's no surprise that Katie Hobbs is not popular. If you look at the followers of Carrie Lake, who protects the children, who opposes this destructive diabolical agenda, Carrie Lake has 1,100,000 followers combined from Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. 1,100,000. Katie Hobbs only has a poor 150,000. This means that Carrie Lake, listen to me, this is critical, we have to understand what's going on here. Carrie Lake has more than seven times she has more than seven times the followers on social media than Katie Hobbs. That's why every single poll concluded there was no way, no way whatsoever that Katie Hobbs could win this election. Carrie Lake was clearly chosen by the people. But to everybody's surprise, Katie Hobbs beat her. What is going on here? What is happening in America? Here are a few testimonies from people. There are tens of thousands of people like these. These are just a few examples. Listen to what they have to say. My first ballot, they tried to scan about eight times. It was rejected every time. Upon arrival, you know, none of the machines were, were reading very well. And then I came to the tabulator to put my ballot in, and the tabulator rejected it. When I got inside, I witnessed a woman that put her her ballot through um, the machine like four times, went to the other machine, took it through four times. It did not read. My ballot was rejected after completed. It went through the tabulating machine and I was told that there was a problem with the printer, that they couldn't accept my ballot. They were saying that the uh, tabulating machines were down. I stood in line for about an hour and it was barely moving, so I went to inquire as to what the delay was. I went inside the polling place and I was told that the tabulators were not working. Stood in line for nearly two hours before I was able to cast my ballot. And the time I spent in line with another individual who was checking his watch, we noticed several individuals look at their watches, their phones, and just simply exit the line without casting a ballot. Clearly this is a case of voters for suppression I believe it was a form of voter suppression. Did you know that in 2008, Barack Obama had a very inconvenient slip of tongue? 
Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. The renowned federal attorney, Sidney Powell, posted the following. The mine inspector unopposed gets 400,000 more votes than Carrie Lake. The Republican treasurer, not unopposed, gets 100,000 more votes than Carrie Lake. The Democrat treasurer gets 190,000 less votes than Democrat Hobbs. This means that people went in, supposedly, and voted for the Republican treasurer, but not for the Republican governor. And people went in, supposedly, and voted for the Democrat governor, and at the same time they voted for the Republican treasurer. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And then you have the report by election judge Michelle Swinnick. She was present during the election in Scottsdale, Arizona, and she saw how the night before all the tabulators who process the voting ballots worked perfectly. Yet on election day, more than 60 of them refused to work, causing major disruption in the election. She says the following. In my opinion, the machines were programmed to do this and it was all planned. The process and narrative, both machines and people. It was brilliantly done. In the following clip, you can literally see that voters could only vote for Democrat candidates and not for Republicans. I, I, I understand what you said. What did you just say? Okay. Okay. With, with this election, you can vote in any precinct. No, you said, you said the Republican side is not what? We, we, I don't have staff, so we are closed right now. So for the Democrat, I can vote Democrat? You can vote Democrat. But not Republican. Not Republican. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. The claim made by the criminalized news media is that elections are safe. But if that is so, then why does the name of a Democrat candidate appear not one, but three times on this ballot? Three times the same name. Carol Lake knew that this would happen, so she issued a warning beforehand. Listen closely. Working behind the scenes, and I, uh, I have a stern warning to anybody who thinks they're going to try to steal this next election. You're going to get caught. We've got eyes, we've got ears, and we have lawyers all over. And our law enforcement is on top of it. And we and, and, and know this, this next election, if you're caught cheating when I'm governor, there's not going to be a slap on the wrist. We're going after people who stole our vote. This is our, our sacred vote, and we will not stand by and have it stolen. Not again. And we're going to go back and look at who stole the 2020 election as well. So what does this have to do with the nations of the world, everything. The world has become incredibly connected. It's like one big village. And we can look at America as the town square. Whatever happens in the town square will flow into the streets of the other nations. If in America they are able to push the agenda of indoctrinating little children uh, so that they start masturbating, they start having sex with one another, and they are mind controlled to change their sexual identity, which completely messes them up emotionally, psychologically, socially, in every way of their life. If that happens in America, it will happen all over the world. And it is happening all over the world already. But if it becomes official policy in America to establish this in the schools, then I can tell you that all hell is going to break loose. People who do this are child abusers. They are child predators. They are 
absolutely wicked to the core. Did you know that Katie Hobbs, when she was a student, she was involved in organizing slave days. During those slave days, new students were forced to be the slave of the seniors at school. Katie Hobbs was involved in that, in enslaving fellow students. I'm asking you to share this because we have to awaken humanity more than ever before. There are a few things that you can do to help. Send this video to all your contacts in America and ask them to forward it to anyone they know in or near Arizona. We have to get this information out to Arizonans. The vast majority of people don't have a voice. They don't know what to do. But there are several websites where they can now have a voice and they can submit their testimony of how their vote was actively and aggressively suppressed. First of all, they can all email their story, their own experience to the following email. Count my vote at azgop.org. That is count my vote at azgop.org. Please write this down as well. www.saveaznow.com. Saveaznow.com. And if you want to know if your vote has been processed, then go to www carrylake.com slash cure that is carrylake.com slash cure i hope that all of us will kick into gear share this with everyone you know people need to know this happens all over the world this happened recently in brazil i'm from the netherlands elections are being stolen in the netherlands by far the most popular candidate was pushed away by a lady who is a witch from the World Economic Forum who wants to impose all kinds of tyranny on the people of the Netherlands. She was extremely unpopular, nobody liked her, and yet she won from the most popular candidate. The same happened in Brazil, the same is happening all around the world. So this illustrates what's happening in our nations. We have to expose this, we have to wake up the people to what's going on. So please share this. And if you want to see more evidence that elections are being stolen, and if you want to understand why are they doing this, what is the agenda behind it, why are they so aggressively pushing good people out, people who defend children, people who defend the rights and freedoms of humanity, people who want to protect the world. Why are they pushing them away? What is the deeper agenda behind all of this? Sign up for the free emails at stopworldcontrol.com and you will learn exactly what's going on. We need you. The world needs you. The children need you. We all need each other. Each and everyone who watches this can make a difference. We need everyone to help expose this incredible crime against humanity and protect the children and protect this world. So please share this video, sign up for the free emails at stopworldcontrol.com and do whatever you can do to help turn the tide worldwide. Thank you very much. So there you have it. Now, as I said in the opening of the show, I'm just an average guy. I'm working on this Declaration of Freedom and Accountability. Here we have a guy in David Sorensen who's not even an American citizen, and look what he's doing. He has awesome content, and I encourage you to go to stopworldcontrol.com. Check out everything he's got there. You'll be sharing a lot of it. It's really well done. It's good stuff. And he is a patriot regardless whether you're American citizen or not. There's all kinds of patriots around the world 
who know what freedom really means, who want freedom, who fight for freedom, and that's what we all need to do. We need to uh, stand up and we need to tell Joe Biden, we need to tell the media, we need to tell Katie Hobbs, we need to tell all these people, enough's enough, we know what you're doing, we're not stupid, We, you have been caught, and we are going to demand our rights back, and we are going to stop this New World Order this madness of genocide, this madness of uh, hypersexualization and all this stuff that uh, is really disgusting and is going on right before our very eyes. So top of the hour, I mentioned this this uh, episode is situational awareness. We're going to talk about that after this brief commercial. It is, with everything that's going on, extremely important that you have situation awareness we will define that. We will get into that as soon as we come back. Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. I'd like to welcome to the Patriot Review a very special guest, uh, Colonel Retired Brian Searcy, who is an expert on situational awareness, and I noticed you have a lot of um, a lot of things that you can share some insight on. You have expertise in not only situational awareness but active shooter and leadership. You do a lot of uh, a lot of speeches to groups and, and leadership training. I would imagine with that human trafficking, suicide among veterans, especially. Um, so you're out of the U.S. Air Force. You're a retired colonel. And if you would, just give a little bit more of a background so that if my viewers haven't seen you, they get more um, get more familiar with you, sir. You bet. Well, thanks for having me on. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and I think you'll hear the, the passion in my voice as I talk about it. As you mentioned, I'm a retired Air Force colonel. I came into the Air Force in 1987 through officer training school in San Antonio, Texas. Went off to NAV school, and then my first assignment was AWACS. And then from there on, I did a whole bunch of different things. I commanded at the squadron, the group, and then I was the active duty wing commander for JSTARS at Robbins Air Force Base when I retired. Um, As you pointed out, now I've got about 37 years worth of leadership, worth of training, um, experience, not only training other people, but learning about how you actually have to go about the learning and development of habits and behaviors. 
one of the things that's unique about our programs, and I designed it this way specifically, uh, is the fact is that we use a program that goes on for a year using micro e-learning so that habits and behaviors and mindsets are established. I'm not sure if you can see it, but I've got Einstein's definition of insanity over my shoulder. And that's what we've been doing for over 40 years yeah. with every single threat that is out there. Um, when I got into this space, it was all about active shooter. And then after I had set up the micro e-learning program to try and prevent active shooter, and that's what we're all about is left of bang and prevention. I realized that while active shooter is catastrophic when it happens, and unfortunately the number of active shooter events is, is on the rise, the threats that families and communities face on a regular basis, like sexual harassment, human trafficking, bullying, um, you've got the assaults that are going on in the subways in New York, um, we've college shootings, high school shootings. Right, right. Yeah, I, noticed, I noticed on uh, one of your interviews, you were talking about the Indiana Mall shooter and the fact that in 15 seconds, a, a young gentleman who I think was 22 at the time uh, was able to neutralize that threat and take him down so that there would be, you know, no more victims. And I think there's a lot of questions after, you know, especially what happened in Texas with uh, law enforcement there and the long wait and, you know, all of that. But what I want to get to, and, and my background is in um, occupational industrial safety. So I, I looked at these very issues, but more from a person who's never really had the hands-on experience like you have, but more of an administration, or administrative type of thing. And, you know, the, the life safety um, and being prepared is near and dear to my heart as well. For that reason, I spent about 30 years doing that. But what I want to talk about with you specifically uh, is the the whole idea of situational awareness and i guess i would say street smarts right um what a person has to be looking out for and be prepared for not only in that we see the rise of violence we see older people getting beaten and and kicked down and and all kinds of very uh, disgusting things and we see the murder rates rising in our large cities because of defunding efforts and and all those sorts of things but if you would speak to what the what the average guy or gal can do to really be aware of the situation around their homes and in in public and you know how they would defend themselves and their families in a situation such as we saw with the burning of buildings and Antifa and BLM and the so-called summer of love if you would right and all that ties together with the, the learning and development of situation awareness the a statistic that I use today, and this is actually not something that I've, that, a statistic that I came up with, but I've verified it through all the work that I've been doing for the last four years. According to the Harvard Business Review, less than one in seven people that is are in our communities today actually know what situational awareness is, much less practice it on a regular basis. Um, when I look around, I think that number is probably closer to one in 10 people today actually have no idea what situational awareness is. They think that hope is a strategy, and they think that it's nothing is ever going to happen to me. Well, those are recipes for disaster. Um, worry is not the same as preparation and preparation overcomes fear and preparation keeps you from being a victim. As I mentioned briefly at the Protest Group, we're all about prevention. And when you learn and develop your own personal situational awareness, habits, behaviors, and a mindset and the 10 critical personal skills that we talk about, then you're empowered to know what's going on in your community and you can keep yourself and your family from being victims. You mentioned the riots and everything that was happening a couple of years ago. 
there were so many people that put themselves into situations where they became victims because they yeah. didn't have any situation awareness. They didn't know what was going on around them. They just blindly drove down to the downtown area in Portland or Seattle or even here in Dallas and ended up being in a very, very scary and situational, mm -hmm. uh, very scary situation. You know, um, a thought a thought occurred to pop in my head when you were saying that is that just like with our educational um, curriculum, Americans tend to think of, well, you know, everything's going to be exactly as it was. My kids are going to learn and be taught exactly what I was taught in schools. And so they're caught, you know, flat footed when they find out some of the stuff that their kids are being taught and they have no idea about it. And the same thing is true when when we see people go into those environments, whether there's a riot or whatever, they're thinking, well, you know, it's going to be like yesterday when I drove through here and nobody's going to really bother me. They're not going to pull me out of my truck and beat me. Right. Although that's what we saw. So so uh, your training, uh, why don't you talk about that a little bit? What is a what does a person actually get in those 10 different steps and how do they go about finding that training that you offer? Yeah. So as I, I briefly mentioned, our program is is different. We don't use the traditional type training, the Einstein's definition of insanity, which is what you see out there where people will get a one hour class on situational awareness or in, during suicide prevention month, they'll have a one hour class on what to look for to prevent suicide or the same thing with human trafficking or suicide. You, you know, name the, the, the threat or the issue that is out there. The problem is because of the forgetting curve and because habits and behaviors haven't been established within a week, people forget about 95 to 98 percent of what was in that presentation, no matter how good it was. Mm -hmm. So then six months later, if they even see anything that that is an indicator of suicide or human trafficking or a threat to them or their family, they don't really recognize it. And because of the normalcy bias, they basically rationalize it away and don't do anything about it. So with our program, we start out with about an hour introduction and then you learn what is situation awareness. You learn about the, all the threats that we face, not just active shooter, but all the threats that we face and our kids are facing in our communities. You learn the 10 critical personal skills that you need to be successful. And, and oh, by the way, these are skills that parents are supposed to teach their kids. Teachers and schools are not supposed to teach their kids these, these skills. And unfortunately, most parents today don't have these skills, so they can't teach their kids. And then we put them through a 90-day micro e-learning program that they enroll in on our learning management system where they get three to five minutes a day for the first 90 days, Monday through Friday, where we're reinforcing what we introduce to them. So they, and then we have established a process that's identify, assess, predict, decide, and act. And you go through those first three steps anywhere you go, every time you go somewhere so that you're thinking about what might happen, you're preparing yourself, knowing where the exits are, and then thinking about what actions you would take in case something bad happened, ideally to prevent something from happening. But here, here's the key thing that is unique, not unique, but we found out through the way that we've developed our program is traditional scenario training where somebody comes in and tells somebody, if this happens, this is what you should do. 99% of the time you set that person up for failure for two reasons. First off, that scenario is never going to be like the one you practiced. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you've already mentioned. And then number two, I have no idea if that person can do what I'm asking them to do. Right. So they need to figure out for themselves what they're capable of doing in different situations so that if they are ever presented in that situation, they can be empowered to act. Because right. sometimes, well, 
there are a number of people that can actually see what's going on, but they don't make a decision and they don't act on it because they haven't thought about what to do. So, so let me let me uh, let me borrow from my past experience and see if I understand you correctly in your approach. So, if I'm coming to to your site and I get I, I enroll and I start taking this, um, this is really about you know a lot of people when they talk about self defense and using your weapon, it's about muscle memory and it's about so you're talking about changing a people, changing a person's behavior through habitual, through forming habits, right? So we're talking about um, modifying your behavior and your your point of view and your viewpoint when you're coming into a, an environment, and that behavior is now something that is just natural to you because you've practiced this, you've memorized this. It's more about the behavior than the information of trying to memorize the information. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So the 2190 rule, so you're familiar with habits and behaviors. You've probably heard of the 2190 rule. It takes 21 days to establish a new habit and 90 days to establish a new behavior. That's why our program starts out with a 90-day program to get to that establishment of those behaviors. And then our program actually goes on for another nine months where you get content once a week being updated about the threats that are going on in our communities, and then also ensuring that this perishable skill doesn't go away because our phones and the devices that we have in our society today, I've got so many friends that when we came up through the military had great situation awareness, and now because of their devices and everything, they no longer have good situation awareness. So they've now established those bad habits and those bad behaviors. So that's exactly right. It's about establishing those habits and behaviors, but making it personal. Um, mm -hmm. my wife is five foot two and 120 pounds. She doesn't carry a firearm like I do. She doesn't carry any other weapons, but her everyday carry is her situational awareness because that is her goal is to make sure that she can prevent herself and everybody that she loves around her from being in a situation where they could potentially be a victim. And then if something gets to a point where they've got to leave or, you know, you've heard about the run, hide, fight, if they potentially have to fight or hide she's thought about what she's capable of doing and what the kids are capable of doing so they know what actions to take so they don't freeze if something bad happens. So in, in your wife's case, you know, I think that's a good point to bring up. We say uh, those of us who advocate concealed carry, which I have my permit and I do, and, uh, you know, I, I you look at uh, smaller men or you look at, at the ladies and you say, okay, well, the weapon is a great equalizer, but that that person in your wife's case, she's decided now she's not she's not comfortable with that, but she still had to go through what it sounds like is a period of self-assessment. Like, okay, this is what I'm capable of. This is really what I'm not capable of. And this is how, what the threat really is. And you have to come to a, a balancing point of staying within your capabilities and knowing when just to basically not get, not put yourself in that situation. That. No, that is a that a, is a great you know replay of what I was was just trying to say. Um, we have she has weapons in the home, but and she has trained and we have practiced, and so she has that muscle memory on how to use the weapon in the home. But unlike me, she doesn't carry it when she leaves the home. Um, so if we are out at a restaurant and something it sets off the hair on the back of my neck or my gut feeling, and she gets it as well. She knows that I'm a run to the gunfire kind of guy. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at her and I'm going to make sure that she knows exactly what she's going to do to take care of herself and to take care of our daughters. 
or our, and our son, if they're with us, my son's probably going to join me. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to do whatever I can to hopefully prevent whatever is potentially going to happen from happening or deal with it if I have to. Um, if, if it's a situation where my wife can't take care of herself and, and our family, then I will stay and pr protect the family. But that goes back to where I said, you can't just assume that a scenario that you get in a one hour training is going to be the scenario that, sure. that unfolds in front of you. Right. I'm consistently thinking about all of these different things. So I've got that muscle memory. We call it the lizard brain, as you pointed to, and you talked about that muscle memory. So now if something happens, I've already thought about it. I'm going to assess what's going on and I'm going to be able to do critical thinking and then figure out something that I've already thought of. And that's going to be how I'm going to act because you're not you can't be creative when you're under stress. You will only be able to do something that you've already thought about doing. Sure. So let's talk about you know, your training. You talked about um, how you approach it in the three minutes for the first 90 days and then the broader lesson plan that you have. Um Number one, I'd like to ask, um, what are the what are the uh, ahas within the first parts of your training? What do people what do people say? Okay, well, this is where this really clicked for me, and this is what I experienced with that. And then my second question is, you have the book "Prepare for the Real World." The world is not a safe place. How does the book fit into that? Is that is that uh, uh, like a, a complementary in addition to or reinforcement of uh, what it can what, what can a reader expect? by getting your book as well. Yeah, so one of the nice, one of the powerful things about having a micro e-learning program like ours, and because we talk about all the threats that are out there, there are a lot of parents and families that don't think that something is going to happen to them. But one of the things that we found is that 92% of all, everybody that has taken our program has had one of the top eight threats that are out there happen to them or somebody in their family like rape or suicide or right. bullying or um, sexual or human trafficking, um, sexting, these things are real. So when we then we talk about that, then the learning and development of situational awareness becomes real for them. And actually one of the most powerful things when we go talk to schools, businesses and churches and we make those organizations more safe, where we're really blessed is what, and the most of the feedback that we get is it's not that it's making your, their business more safe. It's they've taken that information home, they've shared it with their family. And because they practice this process, then they start to see all the things that are going on around them that they never uh -huh. saw before because they didn't pay attention. They understand that what the threats are that are out there. And then they really take seriously the, the development of their habits and behaviors and the practicing of this process. And I've got so many stories of parents who have been able to keep their kids from becoming victims because they were able to learn this skill and then make sure that they they shared this skill with their kids so that they learned situation awareness. Is and there one that you said, could share uh, with us? Yeah, early, early on um, in our program, um, I hired a, a guy to do sales for us, and this was before the pandemic. And good old cowboy here in Texas, great sales guy. Um, and But he had never heard of situation awareness. He had never practiced it. Now, he was fairly perceptive. But he really didn't understand situation awareness. He didn't understand the threats. He didn't, and he didn't understand the process that we teach in our program. So he started coming to the presentations. He started going, he went through the program so that he could not only learn situation awareness, but be able to talk about it. And um, so he learned and developed his own situation awareness, habits, behaviors, and mindset. And then he learned through our program how you take learning opportunities with your kids 
and you don't lecture them, but you use contagious behavior, your kids watch your behavior and then they learn and develop situation awareness. So after about a hundred, after about a hundred days, his his 16 year old daughter had just gotten her driver's license and she's driving home from school at 10 o'clock at night and she gets sideswiped. And the car that sideswiped her pulled in front of her and turned down a road that was about 200 feet and it was a dead end pitch black. Well, her dad had told her about if you get that hair in the back of the neck or you get that gut feeling, you trust it every single time and you take action. So she got that hair on the back of the neck, that gut feeling. It doesn't, it's not right for me to go down this 200 foot road that's pitch black. So she drove home. The next morning, her dad came out and saw the damage to the car and went and asked her what happened. And she shared the story. And she actually thought her dad was going to be upset because she didn't stop and exchange information because, you know, there was an accident when he felt blessed that he had had the opportunity to learn and develop this skill share this with his daughter to kept to keep her from being a victim that's and a, that's a powerful story that's that's awesome so yeah. so the book does the book does the book uh act as a um you know uh kind of like the cherry on top or does the book summarize what what you teach the book is, the book is a is a working journal and it's a it's designed to be the the introduction okay. so if there are certain things that are going on as you're going through the program um, and it's got places in there for you to take own personal notes. So as you go through the book, and it's, again, it's designed to be read right before you do the introduction to the program or in conjunction with the introduction. And then as you're going through the program, you can add notes and those types of things, tidbits that you learn as you go through. Uh, but that's what it's designed to do. Gotcha. So when you were talking, uh, you were talking about um, you know, the adults also picking up the bad habits with the cell phones and the devices and technology and all that stuff. You know, I just, I think that if there's anybody that's a skeptic that, you know, that's not the case with adults, all they have to do is think about when they're driving on the road and <laughs> someone waits at the stoplight for like 15 seconds because they're texting, you right? And the light's green and, and uh, you know, they're walking, people are walking down the street and they're looking at their phone, they run into a pole. I mean, I've seen that happen, you know, but uh so certainly, I don't think I, I just don't think that people are even close to being as aware to what they naturally were. You know, when I was a kid, it was still in the generation of come home when the, the streetlights come on. And, you know, you were spending your days outside all the time. And I think that that just kind of naturally uh, honed those skills of awareness because you didn't have distractions like that. And people have really lost that, haven't they? So, I mean, they're they're really at a disadvantage today that they've never been at before in our history. Well, absolutely. And kids today, unfortunately, on average, spend over 10 hours on, on their devices. They don't know how to have conversations. Um, the 10 critical personal skills that are in our program, they don't learn those skills. I had a conversation with a vice president of, a, of HR for a major company about a month ago, and they're actually having to introduce learning programs into the company to turn to teach these personal skills to their new employees because their new employees don't have these skills and it it all goes back to the parents today not having this if they have these skills they're not making sure that there's their kids are learning these skills because they think that it's the school's responsibility to teach all these things to their kids you know when That's i funny. went to school and you went to school it was reading writing and arithmetic and maybe shop and a few other things 
that's what school was supposed to teach us. Right. All of the other life lessons were supposed are supposed to be taught by parents. When I went uh, to school, Colonel, I, we used to bring our rifles to school, put them in our locker, you know, um, in high school, if we were going to go hunting after school, and there was nothing said about it. But we also never had a school shooting, you know, and that that was unheard of at the time. And and part of the, I think part of the awareness thing, you know, I think it's even more important for single parents. And I think that's part of the problem as well is that, you know, the, the whole destruction of the family has led to a lot of these issues. But it's definitely, if you're out there and you're listening to this interview right now and you're a single parent, uh, you know, it's it's probably more important because I think the single parent has less opportunity to actually actually you know be with their kids and and oversee that whole situation. So to me, it's even more important that that teaching goes on to the children. My question though is, when is it? What what is the appropriate age level? Do you think that the kids go through this whole program themselves? Well, so if they're we basically have a program for parents for kids that are maybe 11 and 12 and under so that the parents learn it. The kids are still young enough that they can then ensure the kids learn it. Now I started teaching my kids when they were five years old, you know, we'd walk into a restaurant and my five-year-old daughter would sit in the seat that I needed to sit in. So my back was, wasn't to the door and I could see the exits. And I had that learning opportunity to share with her, you know, why I had to sit there. And that happened dozens of times because she would ask that same question. And mm -hmm. so I had those contagious learning opportunities. And, and that's what those parents need to do with their kids is as they're practicing their process, they're conveying to their kids what they're doing, what they're looking for, um, you know, how they can stay safe, how their kids can stay safe. After about 12 or 13, we can go directly to the high school students. I had a presentation to Bowie High School just two weeks ago where was able to open up some of the eyes of the kids as to the threats that are going on in their own community, as well as those kids that are getting ready to go to college. Colleges today are one of the, unfortunately, are, are mm -hmm. very unsafe for a lot of different reasons. Right. Um, so it's important for us to convey to the parents how they learn these skills. Um, and then these are contagious skills. Um, I talk all the time from a leadership standpoint, and that's whether you're leading a company, a business, a church, a school, or you're a parent, that situation awareness allows you to see those learning opportunities, and then you're empowered to act on those learning opportunities and make a difference. Unfortunately, today, our businesses are overmanaged and underled, mm -hmm. and our parents you don't you look for those learning opportunities. You really pack. There's so much in that. I mean, that that brief statement that you just made. I mean, you you're talking about so many different things. We could talk, you know, do the whole show on just a little piece of them. So what you're doing is the parent can expect then that all this is transferable, that it's not just protecting yourself. It's about being able to protect those around you as well. And not only to protect them, but to, to pass this skill on to them and, and take advantage of the time that you have with people. It doesn't have to be your kids. You know, churches are another one. Churches are, are huge. Uh, commonly now we've seen attacks in churches, unfortunately, and it seems to me that, you know, being a, I'm more of a constitutional conservative, I don't consider myself a Republican, but when I look around, you know, I see that as society likes to pretend that they're getting more tolerant, they're actually getting less tolerant. And that's what that's what we see on the college campuses. The, the Nobody can have their own opinion anymore. They get attacked if they have their own opinion or they get physically attacked or they get kicked out of school or whatever. 
you know, so unfortunately, it seems like our society is going in the wrong direction. And I would bet that, you know, you would be more than happy if you didn't have to actually, if you wouldn't have had to put this whole thing together. But here's where we are today, folks. So again, you know, the book is Prepare for the Real World. You know, the world is not a safe place. That's available. I think you on uh, Bar uh, Barnes and Noble was it was it on Amazon as well? It's also on Amazon as well. Yes. Okay. And then you want to share your any of your website or your company information for folks, please. Yeah. So the Paradis Group is the name of the company, and Paradis is Latin for prepare, and that's what everything is all about. Again, it's it's left of bang. It's to pre prevent things from happening. Um, currently, we've partnered with Voices Against Trafficking, which is a uh, human trafficking nonprofit, yep. and we partnered with them because most human trafficking nonprofits are trying to rescue the kids and then give kids the help once they do get rescued. Right. Voices Against Trafficking is empowering parents in our communities to keep our kids from becoming victims. So we're having a program ev every single week where people can enroll to and join a Zoom. That's that one-hour introduction that we talk about, and then people have an opportunity to enroll in our program. And then 20% of all the revenue that is generated uh, from when they enroll in our program goes right back to Voices Against Trafficking so they can do the great work that they're doing to continually educate parents and kids about the, this problem that is out there with human trafficking. Yeah, and I've had uh, Andy on a couple yeah. times and, and Eric have had uh, on as well. Um, so I can't, you know, my viewers are are somewhat familiar with it, I'm sure. And if not, I, I recommend to you viewers to go back and look at those shows. Um, and Eric is also part of a documentary project that I'm working on. Um, so that whole group, the whole group that, you know, is, is on uh, the uh, Voices Against Trafficking website, you can go check that out. You know, they got a, you have a lot of experience there from different, different backgrounds and stuff. And um, I, I have to fully support you in doing that. I think that, uh, you know, that's a blessing that we have so many great people that are concerned about that issue because it certainly is one that is, you know, really terrible and not, not addressed as much as it should be. There's, it's, uh, you know, it's the, the media is not serving the people anymore. It's not really about um, doing good or sharing facts it's about selling chaos and and uh so your efforts you know are appreciated and the training that you're doing is awesome and uh, i think it's a great idea and I, I have to ask you though um i noticed on the uh the site the truth pr site that you have the nickname pat and i see the the plates behind you how did you get that nickname there so I was a young, I was a captain and um, was in a, a meeting and my boss got a little bit frustrated with me and he told me to uh, be quiet, Patton. Um, and it was a reference to General Patton. And I just kind of, I didn't think much of it, uh, but the, the senior NCOs were in that meeting. And when I came out, I had Patton stuff all around my desk. Um, and that's probably still wouldn't have stuck, but I was getting ready to uh, for a permanent change of station to the very first time to the Pentagon. And the senior NCOs forwarded all of this patent stuff up to my new boss and the new the NCOs up at the Pentagon. So when I arrived at the Pentagon, I had all this patent stuff all over the place and everybody was calling me patent. So it stuck. Stuck. <laughs> yeah. That's funny how those those things happen. Um, I think one of the 
one of the most interesting documentaries I, I saw was more of a docudrama. And maybe you've seen it. The name escapes me right now, but Tom Selleck played Eisenhower. Uh, you see that? It's called Eisenhower, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did an awesome job in that. And and Patton's character got a little bit different flavor. They kind of uh, made made him sound like he was just kind of, you know, a little bit of a bloviator. And uh, I don't know that that's the truth of the matter, but... Um, so you got, we all have nicknames. They, some of us don't share them because they're not <laughs> positive, but uh, that's okay. So what do you want to, what do you want to say to um, the, let's, let's talk about the moms out there. What do you want to say to the moms if they're the ones that are really the head of the household and single parents and what, uh, what do you run into? I mean, have, have there been women that have gone through it that give you feedback and say, okay, from a woman, woman's perspective, I like this because. Yeah. So most everybody that goes through our program, like I said, once they are, their eyes are open to what's really going on around them, they start to realize that what my book, the title and the reason for the title of my book, that the world isn't a safe place. There's a lot of threats that are going on and there's a lot of indicators out there. And then we also open their eyes to the things that are going on with their kids. And, and really with parents, the number one thing that they can do is keep their kids from committing suicide, keep their kids from being bullied keep their kids from potentially being human trafficked. And that's because when you learn situational awareness and you take an active role of parenting, you see those indicators that are of suicide or bullying or, uh, or human trafficking. And you not only see them, but then you know what to do about it. Um, I had a program for the, uh, I have a pro ongoing program for a, a bank here in North Texas. And um, during my presentation, I talk about what parents can do and those types of things. And the bank president talked about how what th they've done with situational awareness is they take their, their younger kids' devices every single night. They take them away and he reviews the texts and she reviews the um, browser history. And one night he was looking at his son's phone and looking at the text and he found out that his son was being bullied from online on, via text at school. Well, that empowered them to have a conversation with their, their son and make sure that their son had everything that he needed so that he came out of it positively. And fortunately, it didn't get to a point where they had to go to the school and those kind of things. They were able to, to solve it. Um, sure. But that empowered them to make sure that their, their kid got the help that they need because the statistics today Kids under the age of 18 that are bullied are 14 times more likely to commit suicide. Wow. Um, that's how big bull of an issue bullying is. And then, of course, sexting is a huge one that is out there as well. Um, you know, and I hear all the time from parents that my I trust my kids. They would never do this. Right. <laughs> right? So I've asked parents, do me a favor. Go take a look at what your kids are, are what's going on in their phones and they'll come back to me a couple of days later and, and say, I can't, I couldn't believe the text my kids were getting and what they were looking at on their browsers. Um, so that's where parents have to take an active role, establish those right habits and behaviors, know what it is to look for. And then if they see those things, then know what to do about it. Well, I don't, I don't want to get you into a political discussion, but I, you know, I think that the left has done a really good job of trying to make miniature adults of our children and parents. Now they're, they're fed this line. 
oh, your child is, you know, they they're they deserve privacy. And, uh, you know, it's like, no, at 13 years old, no, you know. And um, so active parenting, I think, is critical. So I want to just le let you um, kind of summarize your message, what you want to leave people with. And if you would, please mention again where they can go to, to find out more information and in a role. That'd be great. Yeah, so really, uh, I'm not trying to sell fear. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, and what we're trying to do at the Paradis Group is instill the learning of this critical skill so that people can be prepared and then make sure that their kids are prepared. We're starting to see parents fight back against CRT and a number of issues. Mm -hmm. We want to empower all parents to be able to do that, to learn how to be their own first responder, to take care of themselves. Then they can also then teach their kids to become first responders. But here's the other powerful thing. We've got a community initiative that we work, and that's why we speak around the country to parents and schools and PTAs and churches so that when the entire community learns and develops this skill and when they're empowered with this skill and then they have the desire to make their community more safe and they all act together, we can support our emergency responders and we can make our communities more safe. We can stop people from doing the things that they're doing. You know, if there's 10 people, all stopping one person who's trying to do something bad on a subway and all 10 of those people are willing to do something. Mm -hmm. That's how we empower ourselves. And that's, I think if you go back to our, the founding of our country, that's what we were meant to do. We were right. meant to all be members of our country and be willing to do the things that are necessary so that our rule of law and our way of life based on our constitution and our bill of rights and what the Lord has set for us is what we do. Um, we've got to, and I, I truly believe that, you know, you've got the percentage of those on the far left and the percentage on the on those on the far right, but there's the huge part of us in the middle that once they're empowered with the ability to do this, that's how we're we're going to make a, a difference in our how our country is going to come back and be stronger than ever. I pray that at least that's what I pray. Yeah, me as well. And I think um, I think you you brought a good point up with the um, the, uh, the what law enforcement would term as you know, no, we're not the first response. You are. We're in a lot of cases, and this is what I think foreigners don't understand about the United States is that a lot of times in these rural areas, you know, the cops are 40 minutes plus away. And so it's, it's critical that you have some knowledge and abilities that you've, that you've honed. And I, I, I really like the description that you laid out of your course and the fact that you're changing, you know, changing behavior and forming habits and, and, uh, that the whole teachable thing to other people is awesome. So I'm glad you came on, sir. If you would just uh, tell people one more time where they can go to get uh, your course and other information. Yeah, so they can go to, it's uh, www.paratus, that's P-A-R-A-T-U-S dot group. Uh, they can send me an email at brian, B-R-I-A-N, at paratus dot group. They can go to the Voices Against Trafficking website. Um, and if any... In about two weeks, we'll have the second one. We have the first um, Voices Against Trafficking Situation Awareness presentation coming up soon. Um, but there'll be one every two weeks, if not every week. And we're looking to have this really take off and grow and allow people the opportunity to learn and develop this skill. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'll put the uh, I'll put the links that you you want me to put in the show description so people can can find you as well just by looking at that. So. Thanks again, Colonel. I would love to have you back. I enjoy our conversation, and I uh, thank you for doing God's work, because that's what you're doing, and uh, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure.
Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You betcha. So another great guest. That's probably the, well, it definitely is the highlight of doing this show. I've met a lot of awesome people over the course of this show. We're coming up on, what, our 97th episode. Um, next week, though, I will have, I think I'll probably run a older show that uh, is, is good, but maybe if you're a new viewer and I'm gaining a lot of new viewers, maybe you haven't seen it. So I'll probably pick one out and take the holiday weekend off myself. Um, I wanted to just mention again um, the Colonel's book, Prepare for the Real World. The world is not a safe place. You can find that on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble books. So check that out. I know I'm a little over my hour. That's what that little tone was uh, towards the end of that interview there. But I do want to show some, uh, end the show with showing you some important things. The first being the documentary that I'm working on with the Shara family. Now, Scott and Cindy and Jesse, um, you know, they lost their daughter and sister, uh, Grace, to the COVID protocols. So I'm working on this documentary that's uh, exclusively about their story. And um, unfortunately, it's the story of, of many, many, many people who have fallen victim to the COVID protocols, which, you know, are... Uh, intended to thin the population and this documentary will will prove that and it is called breaking the oath the evils of incentivized healthcare and I have kind of it's it's not really a trailer it's more what the introduction is in draft form and I want to give you a flavor of what that is going to be like so I'm going to show that real quick for you After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I had to spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific. Um, sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that the color of grace changed, and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money 
was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. So there you go. You have a flavor of uh, the documentary that uh, is called Breaking the Oath, the Evils of Incentivized Healthcare. You know, too often I think people are in their own little world and they just tend to not believe that evil really exists. And people like me are mocked and called conspiracy theorists. But uh, time and time again, the world has proven people like me right. And that the evil that's in the world right now is at an all-time high, whether you're talking about this genocide and COVID in particular, or you're talking about the New World Order and the efforts to basically take our rights away from us, and they boldly state that you will own nothing and you will like it, and <laughs> much more than that, they openly talk, uh, in the case of Bill Gates, about thinning the population and the need to cut our population down to 500 million people on Earth. So the evil is real, and the need for preparation is real, and you know that is why I had uh, the colonel on today to talk about what people can really do from a preparation standpoint. And again, we don't uh, promote violence. We promote preparation. We promote speaking out. And if you missed the top of the show, that's why I talked about this project that I'm doing, this uh, Declaration of Freedom and accountability, a basically a new declaration of independence. And uh, that is going to be coming out soon. So I will keep you informed as to that. You can join me on social media, on Frank Social, Truth Social, Gitter, um, and, and several others. So you can be kept up to date if you follow me there, please. Um, another documentary that I've been working on a while is actually a six-part documentary. And you can find out about this one, High Trees, and you decide uh, on AmericaFirstProductions.com. That's America, the number one, STProductions.com. Also, still wanting to get from you some um, videos of you taking the Citizens Oath of the United States. You can find this on my website at RedBloodedPatriots.com. Uh, you can find it on my social media posts. If you go back a little bit, I'll post it again. Um, the Patriot Review is also on Right America Media now. If you go to Right America Media, we have a slot on Monday nights. You can check out that our show and that there are many other shows there that you can check out. Um, and I think that you'll enjoy them. Uh, so the last thing that I really want to share is just uh, a video that I've shown a couple times. And like I said, I'm picking up a lot of viewers, so there's maybe not a lot of you that have seen this video but I want to leave you with this because there's a lot of talking about bad things and, you know, the show is talking about negative things. and But it is talking about preparing and being ready for those. But still, there's a lot of bad things happening. And I think that it uh, serves us to really take a look back and think about, you know, not only what we're fighting for for ourselves, but think about what it means to to validate those who have come before us and why it's important not to make their sacrifices, um, you know, a waste. 
So I call this If Not Us Then Who? And this is just a short video. I'm going to end with this. So please come back, watch the Patriot Review, go to redbloodedpatriots.com, check out the website, um, you know, go back and see some of our past episodes if you haven't done that. I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving, and I want to make sure that I tell you that you are, and I am grateful and thankful for having you, Patriots, as uh, viewers and listeners to my show. So we'll see you again real soon.